How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Handoff, Damian Williams trying to get to the edge, breaks a tackle, 35, 30, Damian Williams, 20, stays in bounds, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! And the snap goes high over the head of Big Ben, all the way back to the 2, to the 1, and the Browns have it in the end zone, and they dive on the ball and recover it for a touchdown! Carl Joseph's got it in the end zone, a touchdown! Derek looks left, Derek going to throw for the end zone, it is caught! Welcome to the rest stop. It's Thursday, May 6, 2021. I'm Brad Restituto. You can see right there on the screen. Follow me on Twitter at Brad the Believer. We broadcast this podcast live on twitch.tv slash Chris Landry Football on Twitter at Brad the Believer and on my Facebook page, Brad Restituto. Spencer Ostrowski joins me every Tuesday and Thursday as we broadcast live 9 to 10 Pacific time. Good sports show for you tonight as the NBA season is winding down, down on the home stretch. We had a TNT doubleheader tonight, and uh, it's a great conversation because the LA Lakers are getting blasted tonight by the Clippers in the second half of the TNT doubleheader, and then they have the Trailblazers tomorrow night, and if they lose that game, they're locked, not locked in, but they are part of the 7-8-9-10 playoff, NBA playoff play-in situation, which I find uh, quite entertaining given the fact that LeBron James, Anthony Davis, hasn't been healthy for most of the season. And LeBron, who's been very outspoken socially and then about the playoff here recently, is going to find himself in a situation where he's going to have to play himself and his team into the playoffs. And I don't know if they can get the job done, to be honest with you, especially the way they're playing. Anthony Davis left tonight's game early in the action with an ankle injury. He has not returned to the game, and the Lakers are getting destroyed by the Clippers as the Clippers starting to play better basketball. Uh, What I'm seeing here, about four minutes left, in the third quarter, and the Clippers are up by 22 points. So it looks like the Lakers will have another loss after tonight and then, of course, have Portland tomorrow night, which will kind of cement them if they lose into the seventh seed for the time being with less than 10 games left in the regular season. So it's an interesting storyline to watch. Some more NBA action tonight that will go over some of the highlights and talk about the standings in each conference as a team that I've been following and talked about on this podcast the last few weeks that not only I enjoy watching, but got off to a terrible start of the season, but have been playing really solid basketball of late. They got a win tonight 
Uh, that's the Washington Wizards. And I told Spencer the Wiz the other day when we texted, I said, if you put $100 on the Washington Wizards right now, uh, they're plus 2000 which means if you put $100 and they won the NBA title, you'd get $20,000 back on your money, which is very enticing given the playoff structure in the NBA. If the Wizards get hot and they win a couple series, now you can start to hedge back your money a little bit. Um, and I think the Wizards have a fair opportunity to do some damage in these playoffs. We talked about it last week. Uh, they get a win tonight in overtime against the Toronto Raptors. They won, They lost by one point. Uh, to one of the top seeds in the East, the Milwaukee Bucks, uh, on Wednesday evening. And, and Westbrook is just – what Russell Westbrook's starting to play really solid basketball. If he can still take good shots, uh, not take a lot of three-pointers because he's not very effective from that aspect, but continue to play hard defense, continue to be disruptive when he does not have the basketball, rebound, defend, get other people involved from the assist standpoint. They can score the basketball. We know that. And I don't think any team is excited to play the Washington Wizards given the, the play-in game or the playoff structure. I'd certainly think uh, I'm going to consider here over the weekend putting a little money on the Wizards to win the whole thing because I think they have a chance to go deep. And if they get to the finals, it looks like the Lakers are going to be playing themselves out. I don't really know who the clear-cut favorite in the West is. Is it the Jazz? Is it the Suns? And if one injury happens to the Jazz, a Donovan Mitchell, uh, a Suns, Devin Booker, and they're taking on a team like the Wizards, and, and that's forecasting the Wizards make it all the way to the finals. Uh, you really have some live action on your $100. So um, we're going to talk some kind of – I don't know if you consider a boxing spence, but it's kind of an exhibition fight. It was in the, the news today in the sports social media realm on TMZ. Uh, a small kind of press conference in Miami with Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul – and we'll talk about the video there, and we'll talk about what Floyd is doing in this fight, what he anticipates uh, for this exhibition. Everybody's going to be making a lot of cash in this scenario, so that bodes well for both parties. And you can't knock the hustle for for making a dime, and it's going to get a lot of a lot of eyes on the product. And and this little fiasco today is just going to draw more people in and get themselves a few extra thousand, if not uh, tens of thousands. Of pay-per-view buys. So we'll talk about that. Great baseball player uh, was released by the Angels today. That's Albert Pujols. We'll get into what his legacy is in Major League Baseball. Uh, the amazing record historic contract he signed when he signed it. He's on the last year of that 10-year deal. So we'll talk a little bit about Albert Pujols. Uh, so a little bit of news in the NFL. Not much has changed in the NFL since we talked on Tuesday. Uh, we talked about the draft. From the previous week, Aaron Rodgers, uh, a story we didn't get to get to that we'll discuss a little bit. Tim Tebow back in the news in the NFL, possibly following old Florida head coach Urban Meyer to Jacksonville, his hometown, uh, not as a quarterback, but as a tight end. And can he make the team and, and can he improve that position? We'll discuss that a little bit. Spencer the Wiz has some personal news we'll get to at the end. And also, uh, I'm curious on Spencer's uh, update on his Sports movie watching with his with his pops. He's gotten through the sport of baseball and he's on to boxing, I believe. And then he's also got some personal news he'll share with the audience. And then we have some news in college football that will hit as well. But Spence, let's jump right into the NBA and we'll talk about the games that are final and the, the game's still going on. A final from earlier saw, saw the Chicago Bulls who are trying to figure into the equation of the playing game in the Eastern Conference. They get a blowout win tonight. Over the Charlotte Hornets, 120 to 99. 
They were four and a half point underdogs. They win, get the cover on the money line. We talked about the Wizards. They win in overtime against the Toronto Raptors, 131-129. The Dallas Mavericks, the first part of the TNT doubleheader, they get an impressive win over Brooklyn, 113-109. Dallas, Luka playing good basketball. They're trying to get themselves out of that playing game, stay in the sixth seed, so they're guaranteed a spot in one of the first-round big series. And like we said, the Lakers, looks like they're going to find themselves if they don't get healthy very quick in this 7, 8, 9, 10 playoff game. Especially the Wizards, Memphis Grizzlies, who are trying to stay in this conversation as well. They lose as nine-point favorites to the Detroit Pistons, 111-97 in Detroit. And Spence, we talk, we've talked about the Pistons, man. They, they continue to they – ha- they don't have a good record, but they find themselves around and playing competitive in a bunch of games. Another conversation we'll get to – uh, centers around this team and their head coach, Nate Bjorkman. But they get a win tonight, a much-needed win for the Pacers, as we talked about on Tuesday, them playing themselves out of possibly a 7, 8, 9, 10 seed. But again, a really important win at home tonight as six-point underdogs. They beat the Atlanta Hawks 133-126. Spence, do you want to start off with some of the highlights from tonight's NBA action? Yeah, we can start with the Pacers and, you know, maybe like their front office is having a lot of turmoil, but I would say the team itself is still okay. They have a lot of talent on the roster, a lot of injuries, but one guy who has been consistent, which you may not think is the right, the correct answer to this, and that's Karis LeVert. In clutch time, he came a big bucket. For what was an 18-point deficit, he missed it. LeVert running. Yeah, I think you have to keep pushing it, Chris. Well, I'll tell you what, Herder has been a much better defensive player than I think either of you and I thought he would be. Yeah, and they're talking about Kevin Herter there at the end. Kevin Herter has been an incredible defender for them, one of the best uh, young 3 and D players, I think, in the NBA, in my opinion, under new management with uh, Nate McMillan. Uh, but, yeah, the Pacers are falling apart, and then we can transition over to that Wizards game in overtime. And this is what I'll say about the Wizards by going to the, the highlight here. And obviously you have a two-headed horse with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, meaning you get the bucket anytime you want in the half court with Bradley Beal, and then you have the fast break guru in, in Westbrook. Now, the only team I think they don't want to face, if they are going to make a run to the finals, which is like a bit of a stretch because they're like not they're barely even in the playoffs at this point, but the Milwaukee Bucks, I think they have the worst matchup against them because the Wizards are one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and none of them really try outside of Westbrook. Uh, I love the dynamic that they have. I think they could – it's it's hard to say, right? Can, could they beat a Brooklyn Nets? You also have to assume they're all healthy. You have to assume they're all in this together, and they're on a four-game losing streak now. And there's no guarantee that even when James Harden comes back that they won't face another sort of injury. And I think they're a beatable team at that point because their roster is just so thin because they have all of those, like, max contracts at the top of their roster. It's interesting. But getting back to the Wizards here, take a look at Brad Beal uh, getting it done in overtime. Beal trying to get free, and now Beal goes to the hoop, and he's got it, and the foul. Yeah, he, he's he's good for any big bucket. He's going to lead the league this year in scoring. Uh, going on to a very big win for the Dallas Mavericks tonight. They did beat the Brooklyn Nets, like I just said, to extend their losing streak to four, and Luka is just the guy who you want the ball in his hands at all points of time. Played by Durant. Doncic in the paint. Doncic hits. So clutch. And uh, someone from Twitch uh, checking in, Dark Sage 9117. 
Uh, if you have a question for us, let us know. We'll, we'll put it up on the screen. We'll discuss. Uh, but you can go to the Bulls game now. And Zach Levine is back. He was in the health and safety protocols, of course. He uh, had, I think, contracted COVID-19, if I'm not mistaken. But he came back, and they got a very big win. I'm not sure how far off they are from being in that playing game. I think they're. it's almost uh, pretty hard statistically for them to do it. But, of course, they're trying to at least build momentum going into next season. One, it's working. Meet me at the rim and don't be late. Me, oh my. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, look at Jalen. Jalen said, no, I didn't know he could get up like that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, look at the yell, too. Look at him. Give me a scream, Thaddeus. Give me a scream. It seems Spence. like that. Yeah, Thaddeus Young is always on posterizing someone, it feels like. Spence, I'd really like to see. I know it's with, with less than 10, 11 games left in the season. It's going to be very difficult for the Bulls. Uh, to find themselves in this playing game. But if they can maybe get on a five, six game winning streak here and, and the Pacers continue to slide, even though they got a huge win tonight, I'd love to see a healthy Bulls team in this playing round because I think they've got a lot of talent. Um, I'm surprised they haven't gone on more of a run with the acquisition of Vujicic and, and everything like that. So uh, just really surprising. I, I really like to see the Bulls in this playing game, but it just seems like it's going to be tougher for them to uh, – to find their way in, but I like this team moving forward. Yeah, I, I do as well. Um, look, I, I I wrote about this when they made the trade, and I think everyone put undue pressure for them to make the playoffs. Putting in a rotational player like Derrick Rose for the Knicks, I think, is a lot easier than putting in your number one scorer, I guess you could say your number two, your tandem, your 1A and 1B. It takes some time, and even if they made the playoffs this year, it's not like they're going to go to the finals. It's not like they're even going to go to the second round, so – I think if they can just focus at the end of the season on building upon something and maybe not even make it about winning, I think that's more important for them. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to go to the Twitch comment real quick before we move on? Uh, we, we will we will in a, in a minute here, Spence, because we got the question on board here. We'll talk about that in just uh, a couple minutes, so hang tight there. But, but Spence, uh, what else do you got for highlights for the NBA tonight? Do you have anything else? Uh, no, those those were the biggest highlights from night. I I didn't pull anything from the Pistons game. I was too disgusted as a Grizzlies fan, to be honest with you. <laughs> I understand. A, co- a couple games in progress, about 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter. The Clippers still hammering the Lakers 94-73. And one more game, the Wizard, um, I'm sorry, the Warriors trying to get back in the win column here. They're taking on Oklahoma City, who's uh, pretty much tanking at this point. Uh, the Warriors 108-91 with about two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Those are the games still going on and the association tonight uh yeah let's let's talk about um let's talk about what dark sage 9117 is talking about on twitter uh i don't know if he's a bears fan or he's just curious about the justin Fields situation um what basically what he's asking here uh do was there more teams in the know of something that the public doesn't know the reason why a projected top five pick like Justin Fields falls out of the top 10 and you know a team like the Bears kind of maybe are suckers for moving up and taking him uh it's an interesting question I think I think you see this a lot though Spence year after year there's always a player or two that falls and we don't know the reason why all the time uh for example the guy you liked out of Notre Dame the linebacker Spence yes he fell t- way far. He fell, but there was a reason he fell. Some people thought his medical was was blood clots or there was something in there that, that uh, forced him to fall. Um, what's the second question here? Uh, do we think it, is that a desperation for Chicago or something more going on? 
He's not saying Fields is a bad person, but maybe he's not a good quarterback if he fell that far. Teams ahead of Chicago saw something or knew something that they did not with hopes of trading up. Um, no, I, I don't agree. I don't think that that's the case. I think a team like Minnesota was hoping he would fall to 14. Um, if you really look at the situation of all the teams that needed a quarterback, I don't think the list was very high at this point. The Panthers made a trade for Sam Darnold. They love Sam Darnold. They didn't draft another quarterback at all. Uh, so many teams are set at the position. The Dolphins uh, are going to give Tua another year. So the only team maybe that was in conversation to really move up aside from Chicago could have been Denver. Denver had a chance to draft him at nine, but I think they got, they've got two fairly young QBs on the roster. I don't think Drew Locke will ever have another starting snap for Denver, but he's still on the team. And they just acquired Teddy Bridgewater, who they're going to go moving forward. And if the reports are correct, they think they're in the sweepstakes for an Aaron Rodgers. So if that being said, there's not a lot of teams uh, that we're going to fire. If they if they like the Mac Jones, if they like the Trey Lance and Justin Fields, uh, they were either going to hope that they fell or they were going to move up. Now, I think the Patriots would have loved to have had Justin Fields at 15. It's just the way, uh, to answer Dark Sage's question, it's the way that the draft board fell and team needs as well. I don't think anybody was pressing to move up aside from the Chicago Bears, and they knew if they didn't move up that the Vikings would have snatched him at 14. So they had to move up because the Bears were in the 20s picking, and it, it would not have fell to them uh, in the 20s. So that's why they had to move up because there was a team getting ready to take him within the next three picks. And you talk about the top 10. Why didn't he go in the top 10? Uh, other quarterbacks, they probably just liked a little bit more, like a Trey Lance who went third to the 49ers. I don't think that it's Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. He was the number one or top three recruit coming out of high school, signed with the University of Georgia, um, saw that his playing time would have been better, went to Ohio State and was very successful. He had a few games, of course, he would have liked to play differently, but I don't think this means that that he's a bad player or not a good quarterback. We'll see how the situation works out for Chicago. I mean, Chicago ha has been fairly successful, not necessarily a playoff team every year, but with the likes of Mitch Trubisky and other quarterbacks that have come through the ranks in Chicago over the past couple decades, I think Justin Fields is certainly – uh, one of the ones to get more excited about from Chicago Bear fan perspective and just the NFL in general. I, I think Fields is going to be a good quarterback. We may see some struggles, but if he's coached well and has the right pieces around him and a good defense, which Chicago has had for multiple decades, I think uh, Bears fans and the Bears in general will, will be able to look back at this and, and think of it as a franchise-changing selection, as I think this guy will be the face of the Bears franchise. Uh, for over a decade, and I think he's going to be successful. Spence? Yeah, and you can't look at the draft, I think, as a numerical value, meaning that the the best player goes first, the second player goes second, because for me, I think Panay Sewell is the second best player in this draft, and of course he fell to five. So you, you have to look at team he needs. Fell, he, he fell to seven, I believe, Spence, to the Lions, right? Right, yeah. So he fell that far, and everybody has – First of all, everyone has their own. Uh, every team has their, you know, uh, this is who I think is one through 10, uh, no matter what. Like, you can even go through someone's, like, straight-up draft board on teams, and they probably wouldn't have anybody the same. Like, no top 10 would be. So then you have to look at who's in front of you, and then you have to look at the risk. There's always going to be a risk, like, when you don't trade up, that your guy's not going to be there. That's part of the interesting part about the draft, could be, like, duality of, you know, do I trade up or should I wait? And I think the Vikings were kind of hoping that they could wait on it and they wouldn't have to give up all these draft assets for Justin Fields where they felt like it was too much. So that, that's always a part of it. 
And, you know, he felt just right outside. I mean, he was like highly sought after and they just got lucky enough to where teams just didn't need quarterbacks at that point. Especially they got lucky because three quarterbacks were taken so early on in the draft. Exactly. I, I agree with that. While we're talking NFL, Spence, we might as well uh, hit some news with a former Florida Gator who has a possibility of being back in the conversation of an NFL player. And that's Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow, uh, after having success with the Denver Broncos winning a playoff game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a lot of people were not sold and it came to fruition that he was not going to be a franchise quarterback, wanting him to possibly change positions. He ended up bouncing around with the Eagles um, preseason. The Patriots um, could not stick at the quarterback position due probably mostly to accuracy issues and uh, really kind of acumen at the position, being able to change plays, get into right plays, and making accurate decisions and and quick decisions. Uh, Tebow went and tried to stand at Major League Baseball, actually had some success, never went to the big show, but to be able to move up uh, single A, double A, triple A, I would call it a success. Uh, Tim Debo not playing baseball for many years. And now, after being uh, a broadcaster with ESPN, his old Gators head coach, Urban Meyer, who they won a national championship together. Uh, the reports are Tebow did have a workout and has had multiple workouts and conversations with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tony Khan, uh, who is Shad Khan's son, the owner of the team, talked about that. Urban Meyer thinks that Tim Tebow could possibly help this team at this position. It's hard to make that assessment, Spence. I didn't see the workout. Uh, I know Tim Tebow is a great, he stays in great shape and is a great athlete. Um, I I am kind of curious. I mean, the guy played football most of his life. It's not like a Brock Lesnar situation where the guy hasn't played since high school. It's only been a few years. Uh, We know he's very strong. I don't know how great his hands are. We know he knows the quarterback position. So maybe I'm interested if these guys are unbiasedly saying he had a good workout, we think he can help at the position. I mean, I don't think you or anybody listening can name the depth chart right now of the tight end position for the sure. Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, so this this story may have some legs, Spence. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he just doesn't have the frame to block. And I guess tight ends are becoming more just like receivers as the years go on. And you kind of have blocking specialists for every team for run plays. So I guess – as long as they don't put him in that kind of position. Otherwise, he's just going to get blown by every single time by defensive ends, I would say, because his frame, you know, it's just not that big. Uh, but he is athletic. I don't know how – again, we don't know how good his hands are, and it's kind of bizarre that that's the position they kind of bring him in. And maybe they bring him in for trick plays, everything like that. You know, Urban Myers is a college coach, so he's familiar with Tim Tebow and the kind of offense they ran all the way back in the day with Florida. So – Sure. I would love to see Tim Tebow at least attempt one more pass in the NFL. It'd be really fun. It is a good storyline to go through. I mean, this is a guy who prayed somebody after they had a heart attack on a plane back into safety as the plane landed. He led everyone in prayer uh, to bring this guy back to life. So anytime he's touching the football field, I think it's good. Now, the only problem is whether or not it's a huge distraction for the team, but I wouldn't say so. It's not like he's a a bad distraction. He's a very wholesome dude. He's not going to bring any bad energy around the Jaguars. Maybe just a couple more media photos, but that's about it, I would say. So I think it's good, and if they feel they really do have something with him, then I guess he'll stay on the roster. And he's a married man at this point. And if there was any type of distraction, Spence, it would be strictly media created because Tebow such a polarizing figure and anything he does is talked about in the news. But I'd like to see him in a few preseason games and see uh, how Urban can be creative and, and maybe helping utilize Tim Tebow in the offense. Like I said, nobody out there could probably name 
uh, the top two tight ends on the Jags roster at this point. This is somebody who's certainly athletic. He's, he's about 6'3", 6'3 and a half in size, Spence. So I think he fits the position well. We know that he can put on muscle. Uh, so I think he could be a you know, he, he could be utilized at the position and possibly be effective. I, I'd like to at least see uh, how it looks on film and how Urban will utilize him uh, in game action and see if it's if it's got legs. I think it certainly has a possibility. He's at the age, Spence. He's got to probably take his shot now if he yeah. wants uh, any opportunity to have a couple more years in the league. I'd like to see it. Uh, they've got a nice young team, of course, with Trevor Lawrence, LaVishka Chenault, DJ Chark. Adding Tebow to that mix, I'd like to see how it works. And I, I think Urban Meyer has got to be excited about having a lot of young talent on this team. And we'll we'll see where it could – excuse me. <laughs> Sorry about that, Spence. Where it, could, where it could take this Jaguars club. I was hoping to get that last word in and pass it to you, but it didn't work out. <laughs> Unfortunate. No. Uh, yeah. I, if anyone's going to know how to use this guy, it's going to be him. I don't think he's going to be on any traditional type of sets. I really don't. And that's fine. Like every team has those kinds of players. We saw last year with Lynn Bowden Jr. That's what the Raiders were planning on doing is kind of bringing this guy in for wildcat plays. And uh, like I said, I think you're going to see a lot of wacky plays next year, whether or not Tim Tebow makes the roster. But I, we got to see him in the preseason. I mean, that's what it's for. So, and, you know, you you hope that he is playing well enough to not, like, take up a roster spot for some young kid who actually is trying to make the team. But maybe he's as good as people are describing him to be, or at least he's progressing to that level where they feel like they can – like, he's a gifted, a talented runner, like, athletically. And he's also part of the NFL during a time where they didn't encourage players like him. Like, everyone thought you had to be a traditional quarterback, and if you weren't, then you were just going to fail. Like, <laughs> Lamar Jackson is a testament to that idea. Cam Newton as well. They learned how to adjust the team around them. I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to suddenly drop everything and build a team around Tim Tebow, but you know what I mean. Offenses have obviously changed from what they were back in 2010, 2012, when he was around playing football. Yeah, and there has not been an official announcement that he signed with the team. Uh, right. So we'll ha- until that happens, we we don't have we don't even know if he'll he'll make it past OTAs and and into a preseason roster. So that's just something we'll have to follow as it goes. Like I said, no official announcement uh, if if Tim Tebow ha- has or will sign here shortly with, with the Jaguars. But like, like we talked about, it'll be an interesting story to kind of follow. Uh, Spencer Ostrowski with me, myself, Brad Restituto. Uh, this is the rest stop every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Follow us on twitch.tv slash Football If you missed any part of this live, you can check out the replay on my YouTube channel, Brad the Believer. Uh, like and subscribe there. We have some other videos that we'll be posting as the year moves along. And the audio version on any of the podcasting platforms, Landry Football Conference called The Rest Stop, will be on there. Spence, uh, let's transition over to it's a little bit of somber news in college football. You know that if you know the name of uh, Sam Ellinger, if you're a college football fan, you'll know that he is a quarterback, was the quarterback, University of Texas, was drafted here last week by the Indianapolis Colts. Reports came out today that the older brother of Sam Ellinger, Jake Ellinger, uh, was found dead today at age 20. Uh, Spence, were you able to read up on some of this story? It says there was no foul play, but this is devastating news for a guy that that was on a high, just drafted into the NFL. His brother was was a part of uh, celebrating that moment with him and his family. Also a player, a walk-on linebacker at the University of Texas, uh, found dead today. Just, Just heartbreaking news for this family. The University of Texas. Uh, what do you know about the story, Spencer the Wiz? 
Yeah, not much, I guess, is the real answer. Uh, when they say no foul play, it's kind of bizarre because if it was a car accident, I think they would just say he crashed during this and it was a fatal injury. I don't think that would be like a private matter. It's like something that you would expect. Uh, maybe he kind of self-crashed his car. But otherwise, I mean, when he died, I mean, the kid's 20 years old. He's a super athlete. I doubt that he had a heart attack. I doubt – you just never know. Um, maybe – Maybe he had depression. Like, again, we're kind of going in all these different directions, and it's it's just unfortunate, right, to, to see someone so young go. And you wonder how that, what kind of effect that could possibly have, uh, you know, for a brother who's just thought he was on an all time high going to the NFL to now seeing this. But hopefully he's, uh, you know, resting in peace. Hopefully they're able to move on and find out what happened. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get that story relayed to us. It's, it's extremely sad. And, uh, the thing is, is like we hear about this story because I guess his brother is, you know, on the Colts now. But these kinds of things and they have nothing to do with athletes happen every day. And it's just it's, it's truly unfortunate. I mean, it's the part of life that nobody likes to kind of address, but it happened and you just kind of have to move on. It's easier for us to say, you know, than the Ellinger family, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh... And, you know, I wasn't planning on talking about this on the podcast, but talk about unexpected news. Um, a very, very, very close family friend of mine uh, and my mom, we just found out this past week passed away unexpectedly in a car accident um, traveling from Florida um, to see her daughter in, in Tennessee. And it's still numbing to, to think. I mean, this per this person changed my diapers when I was a baby, spent someone that was a part of my life for for in my entire life. I mean, we haven't been in contact the last few years, but uh, when I moved to Vegas and I went back to Florida for a little while, I stayed with her in, in her house. Um, and, you know, her daughter babysat me uh, when I was young. And it's just, it's numbing, Spence. It's numbing how quickly life can turn upside down and people's lives are changed forever. And you never know when you said your last hello or goodbye to another human being. Um, and when they're gone, <laughs> that's it in this form, in this physical form, it, there, there's no returning. There's no last conversations. There's no, you know, kiss, embrace. All you have is pictures and memories possibly from social media to continue to move on in this, you know, physical realm. It's really, it, life's really unique and strange like that because of course we all wish we had answers to everything and we want to know exactly why and how things are mapped out the way that they are. But that's just not the reality of human existence. Uh, we really only have this moment, one day, one hour, one moment at a time. It's so easy to say, be present and cherish the moments. But when you try to, they're, they're fleeting. They're just gone. You're in the moment. You're cherishing it. You're enjoying conversation, uh, time with friends and family. I mean, Spence, you just had the holidays with your family. You had them all together. That, that seemed recently, but that was already months ago. Yeah. You, know, you, you stay so busy with what you're doing and we try to just embrace and enjoy moments, but they're, they come and go so quickly. It's hard to really cherish them because they're gone before you can even have a chance to reflect on them. I mean, me and my girlfriend were just uh, out of town on the East coast, visiting my aunt. We had an amazing time. Uh, we got to see actually both of our aunts and this was already almost two months ago. And I was, I can just remember having the conversation um, about enjoying the moment and just really cherishing it. But that moment was two months ago, you know, so life is ever moving quickly uh, in, until there's some type of uh, Tesla like 
or uh, Elon Musk miracle where we can turn back time and travel back in time or freeze time. <laughs> yeah, or, sure. <laughs> you know, I still believe in that deep down in my childish heart, but uh, that's not a current reality. So the current reality is, I don't know, man, it's, it's really a challenge and I hate, I hate to be so, you know, in depth and philosophical and, and somber, but the reality is, and, and I've tried to do a better job at this and I'll continue to try, um, you know, reaching out to our friends and family. I mean, people that, uh, we don't send a text to so often. And next thing you know, it's, it's six months, it's five years gone by and you haven't talked to this person, whoever it may be. That's an important part of your life. I encourage myself. This is more of a message to myself, to you, Spence, to anybody listening, uh, if there's people in your life that that you care about, that you think about every now and then, and you just let life and time go by without saying hello or reaching out, uh, go ahead and do that. You know, I reconnected with a couple of friends of mine, Dave Perry. He's been on this chat a while. His brother, Dennis, uh, great friends of mine uh, throughout high school and middle school. Um, you know, we they were here in town. We reconnected, had a great time. Uh, another friend of mine who uh, I went to middle school and high school with, his son – is a really big young basketball. He's, he's a, he's not a big guy, but he's a, a young phenom basketball player. He's been in Vegas the whole summer. I reached out to him. Hopefully we can reconnect a little bit, even if it's just to exchange pleasantries, say hello, exchange some stories. Um, you know, so I'm trying to do a better job of that Spence and we have to, because stories like this, like this Sam Ellinger and his brother, Jake, the one that I just shared, um, you know, you probably know people close to you that have, just been unexpected stories that we just don't know why they happen. Uh, it makes me, as we talk about it, Spence, even more appreciative for being able to do this podcast with you uh, two days a week, because even though we might not see each other, I do get to see you doing this twice a week. And I know we haven't been in each other's lives that long, uh, but I really value our relationship and I, I value the opportunity we've had to be in each other's lives and learn from each other, so to speak. I mean, I've got a, quite a few years on you, um, but I've enjoyed that. This keeps us connected. Uh, this podcast keeps me connect, connected to people that I haven't been in touch with, even if it's not directly, even if they haven't messaged me or reached out. I know a lot of people that I have briefly talked to do check out the podcast sometimes. Uh, so this is uh, another uh, hello to them, shout out to them. If we have not talked, uh, if you've thought about me, if I've thought about you, send a DM, send a message. The, the email of, of the podcast is flashed on this throughout. Uh, you know, Give a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, I saw my buddy Julius Lee, who I've talked about on this show. He was out here in Vegas uh, a couple weeks ago. I hadn't seen him in 20 years. And this is Las Vegas, Spence. Any of my friends and family, if they ever come out here, I don't care if I haven't talked to you in 10, 20 years. Uh, if we had any kind of conversation in the past, I would love to spend some time with people, especially here in Las Vegas. Please reach out. Don't be afraid uh, when you're out here to drop me a line. I don't care who it is. I would love uh, just to have a, a, a meal with you, have a conversation with you. It does not matter. Let's do it. Let's have a good time. This is Las Vegas. A couple of my friends have come out that I was close to, um, but and vice versa. You know, if you guys are out here in Vegas and I will, I will reach out the same way. Uh, when I'm in your neck of the woods. So uh, I I didn't expect to go off on that tangent, Spence, but that is the reality of this life that we live in on planet Earth. It is very fleeting. It's very short. It's hard to capture the moments because they're gone before you have an opportunity to reflect on them. So uh, that's just where we're at. And hopefully if, if some people caught this or they rewind this and listen to it, it'll inspire, encourage them uh, to really, you know, enjoy not only the moments in life, but the people uh, that they would like to enjoy them with. 
even if it's just friends and family, but sometimes, uh, you know, you, you would love to connect with some people uh, from your past or some people that you maybe have lost contact with. Uh, and it's really important to do that. So Spence, let's, let's move on to some sports related topics. As we talked a little football, we talked some NBA. Let's talk about, uh, I don't know if this is considered a sport or an exhibition, but it got in the news today. Floyd Mayweather back in action, back in the news and the Paul brothers, they have made a lot of money. They're YouTube stars. Um, they are doing their thing to earn a buck. God bless them for that. Uh, there's going to be tons of buys with Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. Spence, do we have any video from what happened today with uh, the Paul brothers and uh, Money Mayweather? Hey, you can see how mature Logan Paul is here. It's, it's a real adult moment for him. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. Yes, sir. Get the pet work for this boy. Get, get Al Hammond. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't need Al Hammond. Let me call Al Hammond. I'm my own Let's boss. I'm my own boss. One night. Got your hat. Spencer the Wiz, I got your hat moment. It's a great publicity play by uh, with the Paul brother there. Uh, as I read the article of what continued to happen there, uh, one of the Paul brothers, whether it was Jake or Logan, took a, a punch from a Floyd bodyguard. Uh, but that's a certain, certainly a way to rile up Money Mayweather, Spence. Uh, this is, this is a joke to me. I mean, you want to talk about boxing and I am doing a search for the greatest sports movie of all time. And I am on the boxing category. And as I watch all these great boxing movies, some of them from the 1930s, I just think about like what the sport is, like what it is at its core. And then you see some punk YouTube kid. And I'm not saying, first of all, he's made his money. I have nothing against the dude personally, but He's a dork. I mean, you, you're looking at him and you see that dude grabs his hat like it's the second grade. So, but it also the, the worst part about it is this fight will probably be the highest pay-per-view. Probably will get more pay-per-view dollars than when he fought, uh, um, I can't think, uh, Manny Pacquiao, which was supposed to be the biggest fight of all time. And since then, I, I see all these promos for boxing fights with Can uh, Canelo. And I'm like, why should I care about boxing or championships uh, divisions when this is outside of the world of boxing but it is a boxing match right how is there any sanctity left in the game to where anything in the sport matter like this these kinds of events seem like they're going to take over the entire sport where it's just whoever can get the most pay-per-views it's not necessarily about the best talent at all and the thing is is if they were able to shore up some of the pre-fights you know the the presentation uh, who they can get into the ring. Maybe they're going to start getting some guys who are normally in these big boxing matches to fight in these lower ones because that's where all the pay-per-view dollars are. Then it becomes a lot more legitimate, and then you truly see the collapse of boxing. The positive part about it, if there is any, which is very little, is that it's going to bring more eyes to like actual boxing, and you would hope that it inspires them to watch real boxing, but I doubt it very much so. We all watch it as a meme. I watch all of these fights as a joke. Spencer, Spencer Ostrowski, follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, if you were to bet how many punches one of the Paul brothers, I believe it's Logan, that will have this exhibition fight on June 6th, clearly after this incident, Floyd will probably take it a little seriously and uh, want to end the fight via knockout. How many punches do you think could be landed on Floyd Mayweather by Logan Paul? Do, would you, If I gave you over under five punches landed, what would you take? <laughs> I would take the over at that point. I mean, he is bigger and taller than him. So like he has kind of that reach. What I think is going to happen, he'll probably do the same kind of strategy as when he fought Conor McGregor, where he'll allow him to mess around for two rounds. 
This guy has is not an actual professional boxer. He'll get exhausted when he realizes that Floyd Mayweather like won't stop. He will not. He'll maintain the same energy throughout the fight. In the third round, when Paul can probably barely hold up his gloves, he'll just knock him out silly, uh, like basically like he did Conor McGregor. And <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he's probably a more polished boxer than him, so I'll take the over on the five. But I, I don't expect it to be too entertaining, other than the fact to see him knocked out like <laughs> passed out on the ground from being punched so hard, which I guess is what he's so good at. We like everyone who sees that video wants to see him get knocked out on the ground. And that's what that is the cornerstone of a great fighter and a great promoter. I mean, Apollo Creed and in a fake fighting world, that's kind of what he did. And that's what kind of made his character so iconic. And he's taking on that role for sure. Spence, without giving the name of the place we like to stream some of our sports, do you think it'll be available on that streaming platform? Yes, it will be. I I will be able to pull up this uh, event in about five minutes. And, and will you be uh, putting your eyes to the product on June 6th and checking out what happens here? I'll probably run down to a bar. I don't think you can be sober and, and watch this kind of uh, <laughs> event because it's hard to get through. Be- Again, I have I have watched these like kind of silly dilly type of events, and it's excruciating to go through. Some of the worst commentating you'll ever see. It's better to watch them on mute because it's just Snoop Dogg, and he, who's obviously high out of his mind who's probably passed, passed the blunt to all three of the other announcers who are, for whatever reason, energized. So it must be like some sort of sativa type of strand. I don't know who knows <laughs> what uh, you know Snoop Dogg is smoking and passing around, but it's, it's such a dumpster fire. But I will say this also, like all of the main events have been fairly entertaining, which I guess is the best part about it. When I think they need a key on a lot more. Well, Spence, make sure you give me a text before you hit up the bar and check out uh, this fight because I'd love to, to have a drink with you. And, and yeah, watch we, we'll have spectacle. to watch this one together. Uh, we rarely get into baseball news here on the rest stop, but uh, we'll get into some. And before I do that, I'll go over tonight's scores for May 6th, uh, Thursday, 2020. There is one game still in progress, and it happens to do with a team and a subject that we'll talk about, the Angels. They're losing to the Rays 8-3, to and that's bottom of the nine. So, uh, looks like two outs. So this one's almost over. The Rays should get the win tonight. Final from earlier, the Astros on Jose Altuve's birthday. Hits a home run. They beat the Yankees. The Yankees won a few in a row, but they're only one game above 500. Same record as the Astros, 16 up, 15 down. The Astros get the win this afternoon, 7-4 to over the Yankees. The Phillies shut out the Brewers 2 to nothing. Zach Wheeler, former New York Met, tosses a three-hitter and fans eight. For the victory for the Phillies, the Phillies are 17 and 15, same record as the Brewers on the season. Red Sox, after starting the season slow, uh, they started to play really good baseball. They get another win today. They beat the Detroit Tigers, who are nine wins, 23 losses on the season. The Red Sox, they get the victory 12 to 9 today. The Rangers, they beat the Twins 4 to 3. That was a final in 10 innings. The Mets are 500 on the year, 13 and 13. Taiwan Walker, former Seattle Mariner, he gets the win tonight. Only allows one hit in seven innings. The Mets beat the Cardinals four to one today. The Indians, they shut out the Royals four to nothing. The Blue Jays, they get back in the win column, beating the Athletics 10 to four. Hinjin Ryu gets the win for the Blue Jays' former Dodgers pitcher. The Braves, they edge the Nationals today three to two. And the Marlins, they get a victory three to one over the Diamondbacks. And like I said, uh, it's a final now. From LA, the Rays, they they beat the Angels eight to three. And that leads us into our baseball conversation tonight. One of the great ones calls out a career. Uh Anaheim Angel, former St. Louis Cardinal, Albert Pujols, 20-year career in the last year of his 10-year contract, which is record setting at the time. 
released by the Angels, Spence. Uh, is this guy first ballot Hall of Famer to you? What do we say? Do we have anything in the conversation about PED use with pools? He never tested positive, but of course, this has kept guys like Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Rafael Palmero out of the Hall of Fame. Uh, not in the conversation really is pool host, but what are your thoughts on him uh, potentially being tainted? And is he first ballot Hall of Famer in your eyes or even your dad or friends and family that may be baseball diehards in their eyes? Yeah, so you bring up a big point. And this before I get into Albert Pujols, like the whole like his career, this is what I want to say about baseball. And I just went through the baseball category first on my on this big sports podcast I'm doing. So I feel pretty confident. I watched Seven uh, Men Out, which is the uh, White Sox scandal about them throwing the World Series. And baseball is a massive joke to me. It's, it's actually embarrassing the way it's run. Because you want to talk about steroids and all of that and how they cheated. First of all, the Houston Astros cheated and they saw the World Series and it was proven that they cheated anyways. Uh, so how are you going to have Jose Altuve allowed to play baseball, but Shoeless Joe Jackson's not in the Hall of Fame? Shoeless Joe Jackson's not in the Hall of Fame with zero errors in that uh, World Series, by the way. He had batted like 400. And then at the same time, you also have these home run records owned by Barry Bonds and such and crew who have taken over uh, one of the greatest baseball players who played for the Yankees who broke Babe Bruce's single-season home run record, and he's third on that list over guys who have used steroids. So some of the best players in baseball history are not allowed to be in the Hall of Fame, but they're allowed to own records in MLB. It just makes no sense. So I don't know if he used steroids. I mean, he's had a 20-year career, so I haven't – when I started watching baseball, it was more towards the end of his career, right? Uh, and I do have a highlight. I'll show it here during the 2011 World Series uh, where he had three home runs in the same game. As a reminder for people who probably have only seen him in the past three years, you know, in the twilight of his career. That is hammered into left. That ball is absolutely murdered. Crushed by Pujol. The Cardinal fans knowing. Here's one into left center field. Back at the track. He's got another. And more respect. Unbelievable. Rangers fan is thinking I had to watch Pujols have four hits, two home runs. And he hits me, and here goes one in the left. How about three on the night in a row? Uh, yeah, so I, I, I just looked it up. I just wanted to make sure I get this right. So Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire again, and Sammy Sosa twice are in front of Roger Maris, who hit that 61 home runs in 1961 to beat Babe Ruth's record. Uh, all those guys have better – uh, all took steroids. They all admitted it. And yet here they are. So if Albert Pujols is in the same boat as them and he did take steroids, he probably won't be in the hall of fame, but he'll still have all of his statistics, which is a complete joke to me. I think baseball is the most embarrassing sport on the planet. Uh, Spence, how much time would you say you spend uh, a week or a month watching baseball? Uh, not often. And I do love the, I love the game of baseball. And as I've watched these sports movies, that has reinvigorated my passion for the game. I watch the Cubs games. I listen to them. So if you're asking me if I watch like the rest of the league around the, the, the week, probably a couple times here and there. Uh, because when you talked about those records, that 15 and 16 record, at this point, who cares? Because there's still a gajillion games left to play. But if there's 60 and you're 30 games in, you got to figure it out in the second half of the season, uh, you know, or else things are going to get very bad for your team. That is how you get people interested in baseball, not as someone at second base during extra innings, which is a complete clown of a, of a rule. No pitching clocks. 
none of that. No shorter games. The game is beautiful. It is a perfect game, in my opinion. It is one of the best. It was one of the best constructed, you know, pound for pound games that you can put up against the major sports. But the way it is now, you're just not going to get anyone to care about it like that, especially when you have this like muddled history that continues to go on. Well, Spence, that was going to be part of my next question to you. How how do you get Major League Baseball? How do you get people to put their eyes on this product, Spence? I mean, uh, how step, do we get? Yeah, uh, yeah how, step what, one. What, what, what would baseball have to do to get you more intrigued? How, somebody like me, somebody that's uh, a sports fan, but really has no interest in sitting down and watching a baseball game. Yeah, for sure. So in my opinion, I kind of just alluded to it and I'm very passionate about it now. Step one, you, you got to put Chulis Joe Jackson and, and some of those other guys in the White Sox in the Hall of Fame first. That's going to bring people's eyes to the game, period, because they're going to watch the national broadcast where, like, let's say you have a, a White Sox game and they're, they're going to honor Shoeless Joe Jackson, put him in the Hall of Fame. Well, now people are probably going to be interested in the White Sox for the rest of the season. Then you, you scrub all the records of all of these steroid era players because even though it was the best era of baseball ever, I will not disagree with that. I think it was the most exciting time of baseball. Uh, it looks embarrassing when you don't allow uh, Rose in the Hall of Fame, but you have all of these guys who are allowed to uh, have their name in these kinds of books. Secondly, you got to get rid of these goofy rules, man. You got to get rid of replay too. I hate replay. Part of the charm of baseball is managers getting pissed at refs for making wrong calls or disagreeing with them. I think that adds a bit of electricity to the game. They've wanted, they've wanted to make the game so bland for so long. Baseball was founded, and especially during the more historical, like the black leagues, on entertainment, like allowing the players to have the freedom to express themselves on the field and be a little silly. Now, Ty Cobb is probably rolling over in his grave as I speak this right now because he hated all those antics, but I don't really care about some old man who played a 1,000 years ago. Babe Ruth brought in a new era of baseball that made it so fun to watch. And I, I'm sick of the statistical kind of just bare bones way that we play the game now. Those are some of the things I think that you can do in the short term to make this go forward. They're going to have to figure out the salary thing. There's going to be another lockout in baseball soon, in my opinion, because I think there are agreements coming up. And clearly these people are not on the same page at the start of the pandemic. So if they can get even maybe if it's just 100 games or 82 games or 72, you kind of line up with one of these other sports leagues because – Basketball clearly has a 72-game schedule, and we're interested in that. And we watch throughout the entire season. It's short enough to where you want to watch the games, but it's long enough to pay these players. These guys don't need $300 million contracts. I'm sorry. Look, I know they play a professional game, and they deserve their money, but prorate their salaries. They're still going to make generational wealth. It's about the future of the game You know, has to continue. And the tough part about baseball, I think, in general as well, is you can't play baseball by yourself, and that's a huge issue. You can buy a basketball, uh, soccer, I guess, a little bit, but uh, football as well. It's very easy to get a group. Like to play baseball, I mean, you can throw catch with somebody, but to play a game, uh, you got to have a lot of coordinate. You got to have a lot of equipment too. So if they can find a way to make the game more affordable, because it's one of the safer games. I mean, if you get hit by a pitch, obviously, that's not very good, but you want to compare it to hockey. Uh, and you could even say basketball too. I mean, people's legs get blown out during that sport. And then football, we know it's just CTE you know 2.0 where you're going to get that there they need to lean on the strengths of the game and the integrity of it before anyone takes them seriously ever again that's spencer ostrowski follow him on twitter at spencer the Wiz. also follow his youtube channel blue milk boys gaming on instagram as well give him a like and subscribe there 
Spence, uh, since we're talking a little bit about baseball, do you want to give the listeners kind of an update? It's kind of an interesting journey. Uh, maybe you can repeat it, what you're doing as far as your sports film watching. It's uh, very fascinating, and you've gotten through a bunch of baseball movies. Kind of tell the listeners what you're doing with your uh, sports movie and viewing uh, kind of adventure here. Yeah, so I'll go over the whole project. We are literally searching for what we believe to be the greatest sports movie of all time. And we're trying to objectively do it. Of course, it's all of our opinions, but we're going to go each category by category. We're going to do uh, golf, boxing, baseball, football, and basketball. And then we're also going to have another category. And there's also going to be, is it even a sports movie category? Uh, because like Teen Wolf, is that a basketball movie? I don't know. It plays basketball in it. So those are kind of the more fun ones. What we're going to end up doing is bringing on a uh, panel for each one. We're going to bring on different rotating guests. We're going to try to have... Uh, either three to five for each category. And what we're going to end up doing is rating these movies uh, from one to 10. I watched 23 baseball movies and it was very hard for me to make my final list. But uh, so one gets 10 points, two gets nine points and so on. So that's how we're going to score it. Everybody makes their list and whoever gets the most points wins that category. Okay. So once we find the best movie movie in each category, we will then bring them all together and we will have one final vote. I don't know who we're going to bring on for that final one just yet. We haven't recorded baseball. We're going to be doing that soon as my studio uh, is getting ready. Uh, but it, it's a really fun project. I mean, it's really tough. Uh, baseball is probably the biggest one. So I think we've taken the brunt of the force here on that one. I've There's a lot of movies that I haven't seen historically. A lot of movies that I've, I haven't seen in a very long time, like Sandlot. And it's good to get that retrospective and a look back. And also just to learn more about these sports, uh, you know, historically. I love one of the, the more documentary style but we aren't including documentaries. Otherwise, we'll have, our list will be 30,000 movies long. So we're just keeping it to, you know, c- cinematic releases. It, it's it's great, man. I, I It's a good way for me to bond with my dad. We always have, you know, something to talk about. We always say, did you see this movie yet? Did you see this one? And uh, we're going to keep chugging along. We'll keep an update. Uh, the, so the podcast will air uh, not live, but it will be stored on grabit.com. I'm a producer for that website. It's the best place for me to do that. Uh, it's going to be good. So I'll give you guys more update as time goes on. Uh, that's Spencer the Wiz. Follow him on Twitter at Spencer the Wiz. Spence, uh, I've, I've got to show you a little bit of video today. Uh, I'm going to pull this up. If I can pull this up here, uh, I'm going to give it a try. Um, and Spence, if, if you can, if, if you're able to click it on your screen, go to this video I'm sharing here. Uh, tell me if you've got it full screen and I'll, I'll, I'll play it here. Okay, go ahead. I got it full screen. Okay, what, what, what I'm showing you here is in Orlando, Florida, my hometown where I was born and raised, a White Castle opened up uh, today, Spence. Oh, and uh, we have a White Castle, I believe, one or two out here in Las Vegas. Um, the video is not playing here. That sucks. But uh, apparently get, there was a – Yeah, go ahead. Uh, apparently there was uh, a line that was astronomical. Uh, for White Castle in Florida. I'm going to have to remove this because it's not playing. Um, but if we do get the video to play, Spence, apparently uh, the line was like miles long for this White Castle. Wow. And I just thought it was it was interesting, like literally hundreds of cars uh, going by. And let me see if I can get this pulled up. Uh, here, here's one here. See, see if you can go to this, Spence. Okay, let's see. Check it out here. Here we go. This is this is this is the line to White Castle. 
Look at this. How do you, how do you feel about? I mean, I think White Castle's fine. I guess it's because I grew up in Mississippi, so it's a very like accessible commodity to us. I mean, it's delicious for sure. It's very simple, you know, tiny patties, but not worth this. I mean, it's fast food. <laughs> There's no doubt about for, it. It's fast food. For the food. people for the people listening uh, on the podcast version, describe what you're seeing here. I mean, this yeah, is it, this, what the hell is this? It's this, like this, the left this, lane this, has been completely blocked. For I mean, we're, this guy's had to at least gone two miles it, by now. See, this is this is what's wrong with modern society. We have a very unhealthy relationship as consumers. Like, no one should ever be this hype for White Castle. I don't really know why we have succumbed to allow ourselves to. Spence, it's still going. What is happening? Yeah. This line is this is like a four-mile line to White Castle. What yeah, the hell I'm, are the people doing all the way in the back? How this long is do like, they expect to sit there? This isn't Chick-fil-A where people are getting in and out of the line in Vegas. This is insane. Yeah, th this is like from Alta to like Desert Inn. That's probably the best way I can describe it. I think it's that far. Uh, you're, it's like Even when the chicken sandwich craze started at Popeye's, I did not go. I was sick of it. I tried when I first heard about it and I saw they're out of chicken. I'm like, you know what? This is not this important. It's a damn chicken sandwich, and I will not partake in two-hour waiting for such mediocre food. Oh, my God. I'm reading something on Twitter. We don't open back up till 9 a.m., and it's 5 a.m., and they're already lining up? Oh, my God. They're lining up at 5 a.m. Can't you get it you in know. the frozen section at the store? I, I, they used to sell those things that you can make them yourself. It's 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 ridiculous. We need to stop this uh, dependence on whatever this is as consumers. This this has to end at some point. Spence, what is happening to people in their brain? They're lining up at five a.m. to get a White Castle that opens at nine. And like you said, you can get it at the freezer aisle of your local grocery <laughs> store, or just make a flight out to Vegas. It'll be cheaper and probably longer time. Then you'll have to wait. Yeah, yeah no kidding. We've got two White Castles out here, one right on the strip. Are you kidding me? And White Castle's okay if you want a little junk food or you're hungover. It's fine. But, man, I, I mean, I can't think of things on one hand that I would wait in a line like that for. Maybe if you could take me back in that time machine we talked about and for me to buy Bitcoin at uh, $5, sure, I would wait yeah. in a line like that for sure. Uh, but man, for White Castle or some junk food, that's insane to me, Spence. Yeah, we need lines like that to go to church, not to go to White Castle. There it is. There it is. Spencer the Wiz with uh, the wise quote of the week. As we're <laughs> wrapping up tonight's show, Spence, go ahead and show it off, my man. You texted me earlier today. The Wiz has got himself some new artwork on his body. Show it off. Tell the audience about it. And uh, if you're watching or listening on the uh, podcast version, make sure you like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Brad the Believer, and you can watch exactly what Spencer the Wiz is showing all of our audience tonight. Yeah, so I, I got my first tattoo. You guys can see it here. She did absolutely amazing work. I mean, this is beautiful. If you don't know what this is, I mean, you're just looking at it. it, it to me, it's, it's straight from the uh, panel in which it came from, the, the comic book, if you will, the Japanese comic book. Uh, this is like the most iconic moment for me uh, in this show. It's a very long show, Naruto, if you guys don't know what that is. Uh, it's just kind of brought uh, animation or anime, I should say, to popularity in the United States. That's the kind of influence it had. And this specific moment for me is my favorite uh, this so this is above my knee, uh, but what I'm planning on doing if I really do love the whole tattooing industry and I like kind of having this art on my body, 
I, I want to bring different panels from all of my favorite shows. And what I'm planning on doing is kind of just building it downwards, like towards my leg. Because what I'm worried about is uh, getting tattoos. Like, I, I want to get one on my shin. I already kind of know what piece I want that to be. But if I build it there and then I try to like build all around it, I may end up, you know, messed up with space. But yeah, this is kind of my initial one. It's very easy to hide in case, you know, I don't for work purposes or I just don't want someone to see it. Uh, I think it's a very good introductory tattoo. Uh, it didn't, uh, luckily for me, it didn't hurt as bad as I thought it would. Obviously did not feel good, but I'm very happy to have there. I feel uh, it's kind of the cornerstone for me. on truly recovering from some of the darkest times I've had in my life. I had a very long downswing towards the end of my college uh, career at my junior and senior year there, where I kind of lost myself, where I, I was living, but I wasn't alive. We kind of talked about this early in the show and how important that is. Uh, so I, I basically was on autopilot for so long and I went to the bottom depths of my life. And today I used to be such a carefree guy, you know, back in the day in high school. And I feel like I'm gaining that uh, once again. And this tattoo kind of represents that for me which I think is really nice to have a tattoo like this. It's not like a huge piece that, you know, I, I all have for, I, I'm going to have this forever, but I didn't get a long like lion tattoo, like it covers my entire arm that I'm going to, uh, you know, have to deal with. And I won't have any more work on like on my canvas to be able to put other things that are important to me on there. Very uh, nicely sized tattoo that I can, uh, you know, appreciate for many years to come. I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm glad I got it today. There you go, Spence. And uh, to all the listeners out there, happy day after Cinco de Mayo. I hope everybody has a great weekend. You can catch a show every Tuesday and Thursday, 9 to 10 o'clock Pacific time. Make sure you download the Twitch app and go to twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball. Like and subscribe. We told you about the YouTube channel. Hope everybody has a great weekend. We will be back on Tuesday. Enjoy it and have a great night, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.